0: agents podcasts
1: this episode of the lab Coat agents podcast is brought to you by redx the complete real estate prospecting solution redx offers high quality lead data on expireds for sale by owners vacant rental property owners pre-foreclosures and geo leads the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting you can also filter organize and call your leads inside vortex the all-in-one lead management platform free with any lead subscription with RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash lca. That's red forward slash lca to sign up for RedX today. In this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast, we talk to Hal Elrod, international best-selling author of The Miracle Morning and The Miracle Equation. It's like getting a free coaching session as Hal discusses the six habits or routines that highly successful people practice daily and how you can get started with a defined process to achieve all the goals you set for your life success. True happiness is just around the corner. So let's get started and hear the wisdom Hal has to share. Enjoy your free coaching session.
0: Welcome everyone to the Lab Code Agents podcast and today our special guest is Hal Elrod. Hal is on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. He is the author of the hugely international best-selling book The Miracle Morning. It's been translated into 27 languages. He has over 2,000 five-star reviews on Amazon from this book. Uh, 500,000 people in 70 countries have read this book. They're putting it into action. Something about how that is really special is that he actually died at the age of 20, got hit by a drunk driver head-on at 70 miles an hour, his heart stopped for six minutes, broke 11 bones, I can go on, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to put him through that, through that experience again. But Hal did not stop. He went on a 52-mile run because not only was he able to walk again, he got up and started doing marathons, and again, he nearly died. Again, this guy died almost twice, this time from leukemia, and he again hasn't stopped, and he's written a second book called The Miracle Equation. And we're going to dig into that today. So we're really excited to have Hal Elrond on our podcast. Thank you so much for being
2: here, Hal. Nick, dude, it is always a pleasure. This uh, is not my first time on your podcast, which I'm grateful to say that uh, I must not have screwed up the first one too bad. You brought me back. Thank you. No, you, 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 know, you did okay. So we, we decided <laughs> to did
0: the second round. And I also have my co host, Jeff Fitzer, with me today. So thanks for being here, Jeff.
1: Hell yes, Hal. I'm excited. This is my first time meeting you, talking to you, so I'm excited to uh, listen. The pre-game banter was so entertaining. <laughs> I can't wait for the real thing. Awesome, Jeff. Yeah, Thanks, that might
0: be, before we jumped on, Hal, uh, Hal was talking to uh, about his mental brain load, but we won't get into that <laughs> now. That might be on the outtakes, uh, so it was a lot of fun. But Hal, for the few people that don't know you, uh, just kind of touch a little bit on The Miracle Morning and how that came about, and then we'll jump into the new book.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so, Miracle Morning, in fact, I've never written a book that was a book idea. Like, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a dream of being an author. Every book that I've written, including the new one, The Miracle, mor- or miracle Equation and The Miracle Morning, were things that I applied in my own life. And I think you know, a lot of authors do this, right? But things I applied in my own life that made a radical impact, a profound impact. And I felt a sense of responsibility to share it with other people. The miracle morning in 2008, when the US economy crashed, like many Americans and, and people probably around the world, but I, I crashed with it. And I had just I I was two years into uh, my entrepreneurial journey, i had started my own business, I was doing coaching, consulting, uh, speaking, and I'd written a book. And uh when the economy crashed, I lost over half my clients. Therefore, I lost over half my income, couldn't pay my mortgage, lost my house. My uh, I canceled the gym membership. My body fat percentage tripled in a six-month period. And for the first time in my life, I got very scared and very dark and very depressed. And I could not seem to turn things around. And a series of events led me to go, go for some Google coaching, right? Like I just Googled, like what do the world's most successful people do every day for their, what are their daily routines and their rituals? What are their personal development practices? And I, uh, I, I came, across, I was looking for one. I'm like, all right, what's the one thing that'll make the biggest impact for me, the biggest bang for the buck? And I had a list of six practices uh, on a, you know, on a piece of paper. And, uh, and none of them were revolutionary to me. None of them were new. And, and we're conditioned as a society to look for things, right? We're always seeking what's new. We want the new iPhone. We want to watch the new season of the new show on Netflix. We want, right, we want the new app. We're always looking for new and we get bored with the mundane. And when things, if we already know it, if our life is not where we want it to be and we hear something we've heard before, we tend to make a colossal mistake of thinking, oh, I already know that. And just because you know something that that, that that do you live it is all that matters. Do you live what you know? And so this list of six practices, I'm looking at it, almost dismissing it going, dude, these are like old school. These are so it was meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and journaling. And I'm like, yeah, this is what the world's most successful do. But like, I've tried these before I've. And finally, I had a couple different series of epiphanies. Number one was I don't do any of these consistently. Like, yeah, I've meditated before and I read personal growth sometimes and I, you know, and I exercise, right? Like, but I don't do any of them consistently. And I thought, what if I, what if I created a personal development ritual that I did every single day? And then I got really, the, the real epiphany was I went, well, which of these is the best? And the epiphany was, wait a minute. I thought, Nick, what if I do all of these What if I woke up tomorrow morning an hour earlier than normal? And I wasn't a morning person, so that was a big inertia to overcome. But what if I wake up tomorrow morning and I do the six most timeless proven personal development practices in the history of humanity that the world's most successful people in all walks of life from Fortune 500 CEOs to Olympians and world champion athletes and everybody in between have done for centuries and they attribute their success to any one of these practices. If I did all six of them, that would be the ultimate morning ritual. And I woke up the next morning and I, the funny part is it wasn't hard. I was like, like, it was like a kid on Christmas. I was so excited to try this. And a, an hour later, Nick, I sucked at all of these practices. Like I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know how to visualize. I, I didn't know to, I sucked at all of them, but even sucking at the six most timeless proven personal development practices, right? I felt unstoppable. Now, now keep it, remember, 2008, I'm $52,000 in personal credit card debt. My house is being foreclosed on by the bank. I'm in the worst shape of my life physically. But because of what was happening internally during that hour, I felt unstoppable. And I thought, if I start every day like this, it's only a matter of time. And to close the loop on the story, I was thinking six to 12 months of this daily gradual improvement to turn my life around. It happened in less than two months. In less than two months, I more than doubled my income. And to be clear, I didn't get a new job. I just grew the business that was failing for me, right? I got strategies and clarity in the morning during this practice. I went from being in the worst shape of my life, having not exercised at all in six months, to committing to train and complete that 52 mile ultra marathon that you mentioned. And my depression went away within a day or two because I had so much clarity, so much energy, so much motivation uh, and so much momentum. And that was when I went, I have a responsibility to share this with other people, and it took me three years to write the Miracle Morning. Uh, and now, some of the things you mentioned—it's actually grow. I need to update my bio. It's—we've sold 1.7 million copies. It's translated in 37 languages. Over a million people do it every day, and I still do it every day. And people ask me sometimes, "How? You know, you you did this because you were at a really low point in your life, and you wanted to turn it around. Why do you still do the Miracle Morning?" And you know, the first time I was asked that, I kind of scratched my head. I go, oh, "That's a good question." And then I realized because human potential is unlimited, right? That's one thing that we share is there's never not going to be a next level for us in terms of what we are capable of learning, experiencing, appreciating, and implementing in our lives to improve our lives and improve the lives of every person whose lives we touch. And so the Miracle Morning started as my selfish pursuit to improve my life. And now it's really more about... How can I be the, the father that my kids deserve and use my morning practice to become that man? How can I become the husband that my wife deserves? How can I become the leader that my fans and readers and followers deserve? And, and so for me, I still do the miracle morning. I've done it almost every day. I've literally averaged probably about six days a week for the last, what are we at? 11 years, maybe 5.5 days a week. But I mean, almost every single day I have done it for, uh, for, for 11 years.
1: Before we before that. we go forward, Nick, go ahead. Can, can you repeat all six of those things again
2: real quick? I'm glad you said that because Jeff and yeah, and I actually have a better way of repeating them. They are organized now thanks to my brilliant wife and her, her input in my book uh, into an acronym that you can remember, right? Because they were six hodgepodge practices. And I was writing the book one day and I went to my wife and I'm like, sweetie, I don't know what to do. I said all these authors have systems and frameworks that you can remember, and I've got these six random. You know, there's no way to connect them. And she goes, "Why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can find words to swap out with some of the words that mean the same thing, and turn it into an acronym people remember?" And I kissed her on the lips, and I was like, "You're freaking brilliant." <laughs> and, um, meditation became silence, and and journaling. Became scribing, and those two S's frame the word savers. S for silence, A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and the final S for scribing. So silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And what I love about this, when I came up with that acronym, thanks to my wife's input, it was like the like in the movie where you hear angels and like light shines down from heaven. Because if you think about it, these are literally the six practices that are guaranteed to save us from missing out on the life that we want to live. If you do any one of these, they will change your life at a fundamental level. If you do two or three of them, watch your success skyrocket faster than you ever thought possible. But as Robert Kiyosaki said when he interviewed me, as a, he's a loyal Miracle Morning practitioner and he's, he said, Hal, before the Miracle Morning every successful person on the planet swore by at least one of the savers and attributed their success to it. He said, but I had never met anyone that did all six of the most timeless, proven, ancient, best wisdom practices. And he said, that's why I believe the Miracle Morning is literally a miracle. And he said, that's why I do it every single day. Hmm. And by the way, Robert's new book that just came out called Fake. I just had a buddy of mine, Ryan Moran, uh, text me. He goes, dude, did you see that you are not only featured in the mirror or in Robert's new book, but he says that he has his team, not just himself, his entire team does the miracle morning every day so that we can all be on the same page. And so anyway, pretty, uh, pretty well.
0: It's so awesome. I love it. Savers. So easy to remember.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's like when you were in grade
0: school and you had to remember for these acronyms for biology class. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> there you, go. Um, you know, we just recently had our Lab Code Agents Live uh, annual event. And so as you're telling us, I mean, I knew what the different steps were, but now I'm starting to realize some of the speakers, there was a lot of motivational speakers. And one of them is Kevin Sturdivant. And he's a huge agent in LA, does about 250 to 275 million in volume Wow. They had a great team. And he came from nothing, right? He came from a broken home. His father was in prison most of his life, I believe so. Uh, Jeff, if I'm incorrect, let me know. Correct. But Kevin is so great at the visualization, right? And he told this hilarious story that was really endearing about how he saw on the cover of a magazine this beautiful woman. And he's like, this is what my wife's going to look like. He ripped off the cover of their magazine, folded it up, kept it in his pocket for 18 months, ended up marrying this, the woman on the cover of that no magazine. No way. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so he married this woman who really, like, kind of helped him become the man that he is today. And a lot of these high-level people, when you hear them talk, you know, visualization is one of the, one of the main points of, Uh, that they, that they bring up visualization, visualization, and then affirmations, you know, it's so important every day to just kind of remind yourself how great you are and what you're going after and why you're doing it. Yeah. And so I just wanted to tell you that little tidbit because I thought it was interesting. I appreciate Um, it. So let's talk about the miracle equation. Before we came online here to start recording, you had mentioned to me that you know you got the miracle equation that's that that was just released, and you're also working on a third book called The Miracle Life, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. So, trilogy of miracles here going on, but the miracle equation is from what I'm from what I have been understanding from the book, it's about two things: unwavering faith and extraordinary effort, and when I was researching unwavering, unwavering faith, what I found was it's, the, it's, the tr- it's trusting God with your life more than you trust yourself. And so I'm like, that makes total sense because that's totally how. You have been through so much in your life where you just have to put your, hands, put your life in the hands of God and, and it's just allowed you to overcome so many obstacles.
2: I'm actually, actually the way that I, so I'm going to counter, I'm going to go against what you just said. No, so I was wrong. You were wrong. Is what I say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and nothing personally against you. No but, problem. No, but That's I, what actually, I from it. There you go. I actually explain faith in a very different way in the okay. book, and almost the opposite way. And here's why. So there are two words that are used in my work: miracle and faith. Are very loaded words, right? and have different meaning to different people. And usually they're thought of as pretty woo-woo words, not very trustworthy, kind of elusive, right? Well, how do you, you know, miracles are usually thought of random passive acts that are, that are either from God or the universe or whatever. And we typically don't feel like we have a large degree of control over miracles. It's usually, well, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna wait. And kind of like you said, I'm gonna turn it over to God and hope things work out. I'm, I'm really big, you know, ever since I had my car accident, and same with cancer, uh, one of my highest values is responsibility, right? And it's the idea that you have to take responsibility for your life, for yourself, for your happiness, for your success, for your future, for everything around you, right? And everything inside of you. And when I had cancer, for example, most people just go to the doctor, and they turn the responsibility over to the doctor, and they do whatever the doctor tells them. And that is it. I... My extraordinary effort, the other piece of the miracle equation, which we'll talk about, was to research and implement every holistic practice I could possibly implement that the doctors knew nothing about because that was not what they were schooled in. And if I asked my doctor about, you know, he was a brilliant oncologist and he knew about chemo when I said, Hey, how do I detox my liver from the chemo? And he's like, Oh, don't worry about that. You'll, you'll be fine. Hey, hey, what part does diet play in, in, this, in my healing? Uh, j- as long as you do the chemo, you eat whatever you want, right? And on and on and on. And so for me, it wasn't turning it over to God or turning it over. And not that I didn't, you know, I believe in God, I pray, I, I believe in that power. But I believe also that, you know, if you're looking at it from a, even a spiritual component, that God gave us gifts. He gave us a brain. He gave us hands. He gave us, right? Faculties. And it is our responsibility to maximize all of that, to create the things that we want in our life and not turn it over to him. Right. Um, now to, now to, to tap into the infinite intelligence that is God to tap into the strength to tap into some of the stuff that we can't even see, right. That we don't really fully, uh, how do you measure prayer? I don't know. You know what, right. But, but yeah, can you have faith in those things? Absolutely. But the way that I speak of faith, is faith in the one thing you have control over, which is faith in yourself. Faith in your ability to do whatever it takes to move forward in your life, to overcome challenges, or to achieve greatness in your life, the things that you want. And the word miracle, again, being a very loaded, convoluted word, let me redefine miracle for everybody listening. And especially if you are like uh, like my business partner, for example, he, he was trying to talk me out. Of, he's like, dude, don't call your book The Miracle Morning. He's like, it's miracles, a woo-woo word. And, you know, now I've, you know, said, screw you. Obviously, I knew what I was doing, buddy. Uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but to his point, right, if anybody's like, yeah, miracle, roll your eyes. Like, I'm not into miracles, dude. I, I'm into results. And that's the thing is that's where it's kind of ironic. I'm a very practical results-oriented person. So kind of what I've tried to do, especially with the miracle equation, that's why I'm really glad if you go to the reviews on Amazon, it's 4.9 out of five stars. And I was really nervous that people might go, Oh, it's about miracles. It's like woo woo. And right. So for me, here's how I define a miracle. And I think this is something that even if you are the most practical, non woo woo person, if you're not religious at all, if you're not right, if you don't believe in miracles, you can believe in this definition, I think. And I define a miracle as um, any meaningful outcome that is beyond the realm of what you currently believe is probable for you. I'll say that one more time and then I'll define it. Any meaningful outcome that is beyond the realm of what you currently believe is probable for you. Now notice I did not say possible for you. And there's a very, there's important reason for that. We don't pursue that, which is possible because if you're a part of the Optimist Club, you believe anything is possible, right? But when was the last time that you pursued a goal that you didn't think was probable, right? When was the last time that you're like, hey, dude, I've got this crazy goal that I don't think there's any chance in hell I'm going to hit it. So watch how hard I'm going to work to try to hit it. No, that doesn't happen. That's totally counterintuitive to human nature, right? But anyone who's achieved miracles in the way that I define them right tangible measurable miracles which are results beyond what you think are even probable which by the way is when you achieve said result it feels like what a freaking miracle right because you're like oh my god I can't believe I did it I didn't think it was probable but I did it and so like let me pause for a second the subtitle of the book kind of says it all or it says a little bit It's the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible, which is nothing, to probable, okay, now you're getting somewhere, to inevitable, which is where we want to be. And so once you have a clear process defined that you've predetermined, that you ever think about this every goal, every result, every outcome that we want to achieve in our lives or our businesses is preceded by a process. And if we can define a process that virtually makes the achievement of the goal inevitable. Now we've got real traction. And 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 here's an example. If you want to lose weight, well, it's pretty simple in terms of the process. If you limit your caloric intake and make sure that they're good calories, and you exercise enough to burn more calories than you take in, that process will virtually guarantee that your goal of weight loss is inevitable. So that's what this book does is it takes this idea of miracles that feels woo-woo and it feels elusive and it feels like, yeah, I don't know about that. And it actually makes it not just practical and actionable, but inevitable. I help you break down whatever your miracle is, whatever your wild outlandish goal is, whether it's about being the most extraordinary husband, father, wife, mother that you could be, whether it's about be making a million dollars this year, building right, whatever your whatever it is for you. This is the, the miracle equation. The irony is this, and I'll turn it over to you guys here in just in, in a minute. But the book just came out a couple months ago. So people are like, oh, you know, if I'm if I'm somebody studying, like looking from afar, they're like, okay, so I get it. Hal wrote this book called The Miracle Morning, sold a couple million copies. So now he's spinning off the success of that to write this miracle equation book, right? Like, yeah, that, that's logical. The interesting thing is the miracle equation I came up with and I've been living it seven years for the miracle morning was an idea. And the real irony is I applied the miracle equation to sell the 1.7 million copies of the miracle morning, right? Like that was my outlandish goal that I didn't really know if there was any possibility. The average author sells like 300 books in a lifetime, right? Right. But I wanted to change lives with this, right? So, anyway, so the uh, all right. I'll just shut up and turn over to you guys. I, I lost <laughs> rounds. <laughs> no, I wanted to go back
0: to you had mentioned about people. People hear the word miracle and they think religion, right? And so it's interesting because I'm not a religious person at all. I mean, I believe in a, in, a, in a higher power. Believe me, but I'm just not a I'm just not a religious person. It's not doesn't play a very big part in my life. My wife, though, is practicing. You know, I'm kind of Jewish. That's
2: kind of <laughs> emphasis on the ish
0: (laughs) so um so but for me i mean i've been very vocal about my my depression and my anxiety that i suffer from and i try to do miracle morning as much as possible and i never once thought of it as a religious practice when i heard that when i heard that phrase but i do notice the difference in myself when i don't read every day when i don't think positive thoughts every day the exercise i'm working on it how but (laughs) you know, there are certain aspects to the miracle morning routine that do affect me in a much more positive way than others. And I notice when I don't do them on a regular basis, I do start to slip into that anxiety, into that depression. Yeah. So I never thought of it as a, as a religious thing, but I can honestly tell you, like when I do practice it and I'm consistent with it, I mean, it does change my whole day around.
2: Yeah. And that's what I say. If I'm putting it in simple terms, the miracle morning is about putting yourself in a peak physical mental, emotional, and spiritual state first thing in the morning, so that you are a better version of the person that went to bed the night before. And if you do that every single day, right, in simple terms, if you win the morning, you put yourself in a position to be the best version of you to win the day. But if you waste the morning, then you're, you're just, you know, you're just, you're just reactive all day long.
0: So. The morning definitely does set the tone. It definitely yeah. does set the tone for the day. Sorry, Jeff, did you have something you want to I add? I was going to
1: say, I think the, the way you've, you've changed the word miracle to me and put it in a different context, So I think of it as like luck. You tell people if you want better luck, create your own luck. Yeah. If you want yeah. more miracles, create more miracles. I like that it's the am. same thing. But, uh, but I, I do have a question for you. Of those six things, so I assume, and you even mentioned it uh, with Kiyosaki, is that I think people probably look at those six things and they're overwhelmed, like, "Oh crap, uh, there's just no way you yeah. did it." But if if I, I imagine everybody takes those six and works on one and then adds the second, what's your favorite one of the six? Like, what's the one you don't have to work for?
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna. I, I've got a very clear answer to this, and I, I I usually joke that the politically correct answer would be that they're all equally important, right? <laughs> But, but here's the answer, and, and what's interesting, I survey our community a lot, so what's, what's, what's cool is that I, people gravitate toward different ones, right? Some people, many people do all six, and they'll do like 10 minutes each for an hour, right? Or they'll do five minutes each for a half an hour, or they'll do like 20 minutes of reading, 20 minutes of exercise, and then five minutes of each of the other of the sabers, right? So you really can customize it however you want, you know, time frame, duration, etc., my personal favorite is affirmations by far. And I'm, I'm glad you asked because I'm extremely passionate about teaching this in a way that really is a game changer. And I've had so many people say that they roll their eyes at affirmations because affirmations have really a bad rap because the way they've been taught for, since I was learned them, you know, for decades, centuries by people that are really smart too. They just teach them in this woo woo way where it's like, if you want to be a millionaire, just say, I am a millionaire over and over and over until you trick yourself into believing it. Right. (laughs) But it doesn't work because the truth will always prevail. And if you say I am, and it's followed by something that is not yet true, then you, your, your brain will go, will fight, you know, you go, I am a millionaire. And your subconscious is like, dude, you're broke. What are you talking?" And you're like, shut up. I'm doing my affirmation. (laughs) Uh, and then you try harder. I am a millionaire. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're not even a thousandaire, bro. Like, who are you kidding? You're like, shut up. I'm doing my affirmation, right? So so the other, that's one big problem with affirmations is that you're taught to just affirm something that is a fantasy. It's not true. That, that's not effective. The second problem with affirmations, and this is where they get really woo-woo, is a lot of people use them just to feel better. So if your bank account balance is, is negative, right? If you're broke, you say something like, I am a money magnet. Money is flowing to me effortlessly and in abundance. And I, that's a really popular affirmation. It is, so yes. Why is it, first of all, it's bullshit. Money's not, <laughs> you're, you're not a money magnet. That's not how money works, right? I'm, and it's not effortlessly. I'm pretty sure, go ask anyone that's wealthy, and I bet they said, I worked really hard for this wealth, right, I, I actually added a lot of value to the world, to the marketplace. And that's how I got compensated. Not because I was a magnet with a vision board, right? So, so the reason I think people like that is because doing those types of affirmations gives you temporary relief from your money woes, right? If you check your phone, you look at your bank balance, you're like, oh, damn it, I'm negative again. Oh, I gotta do my affirmations. I am a money magnet. Oh, that feels good, that feels good. Money is flowing to me effortlessly. I can just see it someday. Right. And if you ask that person, Hey, do you like affirmations? They go, Oh God, I love affirmations. I do them every day. Go "Hey, How long have you been doing them? Ah, oh, for like four years. Hey, have your, has your money situation improved? Well, well no, not yet, but, but, but I'm a money magnet. So I, I, I have faith that it's going to flow to me soon. Right? Like, <laughs> dude, you're delusional. Right? So let me teach you. I'm going to give you guys four really bulletproof steps to create affirmations that are rooted in truth that are designed to literally scientifically transform your subconscious, your thinking, your mindset, and actually shift your behaviors so you see measurable results. Look, there's nothing wrong with feeling good. That's great. But if I do affirmations or any of the Miracle Morning practices, which I think this is why the book took off because I took all the woo-woo practices. I'm like, no, 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 no. Here's how you make them actionable, practical, and results-oriented, period, right? If I do affirmations about my bank account or my money, I don't just want to feel good. I want to see my bank account balance grow over time as I'm doing these affirmations, right? So here's how you make that happen. Number one, affirm what you're committed to. So if you want to be a millionaire, that's fine. But don't say I am a millionaire. Say I'm committed to becoming a millionaire, right? And if you want to get really deep into the weeds, right, get get a date attached, right? By the time I'm 40, by my next birthday, by in the next 12 years, whatever, right? Next 12 months. Get clear. What are you committed to? Number two, so, so not what you want, but what you're committed to. Number two, why is it deeply meaningful to you? right? And that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Simon Sinek became famous because he really made it clear that, hey, your why is what drives everything else. It's what drives your behavior, what drives, you know, if, you, if your why is strong enough, the how will reveal itself, right? So have that deeply meaningful why. And I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was 20, I was in sales. I was crushing it. I was making, you know, six figures. And um, I'm like, dude, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. And I set a goal, millionaire by the time am 25. That's what I want, and when I was 25, I didn't even have 100 grams saved, right? It was I wasn't even 100,000. I wasn't even a tenth of the way there. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, by the time I'm 30, and, and 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 here's the thing: my why. I don't even think it was. I don't even think I had a why. But if you would have asked me, it's because, well, dude, being a millionaire is cool. I think, right? It sounds cool. And uh, I, I really want a Ferrari, and uh, it'd be neat to like have a bunch of money. Like that, that was my my non-meaningful why, right? It was a bunch of superficial <laughs> BS, you know. And and then I turned 30, and Still didn't have hundred grand saved. In fact, at that point, I think I was like closer to hundred grand in debt, right? I should gone backwards. And then I had a baby. I had my daughter when I was 30 and that year I set a goal. I had a deeply meaningful why to, 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 to become a millionaire to, and the number was arbitrary, right? But it was really to generate financial security and freedom because my wife, uh, I told her she could stay home with our baby and I was the sole provider and my family, those two girls, those two women, one, one woman, one girl, my daughter, my wife were counting on me. And that's when it happened. It happened five years after that. Once I had a deeply meaningful why. The third step in creating affirmations that produce results is to get clear on which actions, which, and, and when I say actions, you can use the word behaviors, routines, habits. What are the activities that, will guarantee your success if performed consistently over a long enough period of time, right? So what are the actions that you must take to make that deeply meaningful why and that outcome you're committed to a reality? And the fourth step is when will you take those actions? So when is your, when, you know, are you going to work an hour a day on the business, on writing the book, on exercising, losing weight, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is for you. Predetermine your process, as I talked about earlier. That's what extraordinary effort is, by the way. When it comes to the miracle equation, those two decisions, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort are deceptively simple in their explanation, but they're extraordinarily rare in their execution. And when I explain, if I were to just say, hey, here's the key to success in creating miracles, maintain unwavering faith and put forth extraordinary effort. See you later. You'd be <laughs> like, wow, how that helped me not at all. So I need to believe in myself and work hard. Awesome. That's worthless. Like, right. I already knew that. So that's what the book does is it goes, no, 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 no. You need to make this thing called unwavering faith that feels elusive and, 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 and floating in the air tangible. You need to put it in writing in a way that it's phrased, that you will literally reprogram your subconscious mind to actually have faith. Because imagine how differently we would perform and show up in life if we literally had unwavering faith that we could and were going to overcome and achieve anything and everything that we wrote down. We We would be unstoppable. So that's what the book teaches you. It doesn't teach you that, yeah, you need unwavering faith. It's Here's how, here's how you actually make it. So it, you, you, you become this unstoppable human being with unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. uh, The whole point is to make it feel ordinary. And because extraordinary effort feels overwhelming. You're like, I didn't want to read the book. I don't want to do (laughs) like, how do I do easy effort? Is there like the quick way to, you know, so extraordinary effort. If I were summing it up in one word, it would be consistency. Like That's what allows someone to achieve results beyond what they believe is even possible is to do, to focus on a single thing and a single goal, a single mission, a single outcome, and to do it consistently every day or five days a week over and over and over for as long as it takes. And I'll tell you, here's, I'll wrap up with this story and then I'll turn it over to you guys for some questions. When I wrote the Miracle Morning, I did not, you know, I didn't have a platform. I didn't have an email list. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have an audience. And, but I felt a sense of responsibility to to pay it forward and share this thing that had changed my life. Right. But I was thinking I would change a few hundred lives, maybe a few thousand lives. And then when the book came out, the reviews started rolling in and the emails started rolling in. And I got dozens of emails and dozens of reviews in the first few months from people saying radical things like hell. This, this got me off my depression medication. I met a 19-year-old kid at an event I spoke at that had read The Miracle Morning two months before. He had been on depression medication for like seven years. And in two months, he was almost completely off his depression medication and he was crying as he was telling me this. I had a woman email me and say that she was gonna commit suicide and her friend gave her The Miracle Morning and now she will never even consider suicide again. I had someone tell me that the miracle morning finally got them, gave them the time in the morning to write the book that had been on their dream list for like 10 years. I had one woman tell me that it saved her marriage. Mike Eaton lost 90 pounds. He was obese his entire life, read the miracle morning, made his number one focus losing weight. And six months later, he had lost 90 pounds. So in the first six months of the book coming out, my sense of responsibility grew from I have to write a book and share this to I have a responsibility to figure out how I can get this in the hands of millions of people. I don't know how, but I have to figure that out. And so my goal was, all right, I'm going to go big. I'm going to set a miracle goal, right? Um, I'm, I want to re- change 1 million lives in one year, with the, one morning at a time. So my goal was to sell a million copies of the Miracle Morning in the next year. That year, do you guys have a guess of, do you know how many I sold? 500,000. 10,000. So if you are a math person and you do the math, I believe that's 99.9% short of my goal. Ask yourself, (laughs) how motivated are you if you bust your ass for a year? And by the way, I put forth extraordinary effort that year. I did 52 of my own podcasts. I did over 150 interviews on other people's podcasts. I did over uh, a dozen television interviews, flew around the country, did NBC Daytime, did Good Morning Albuquerque, Good Day Sacramento, Good Day Houston. I gave 36 speeches all over the country and I fell short 99.9% of my goal or 990,000 copies short. Now, here's the when you apply the miracle equation, there's only one variable and it's time. The only variable is time. Your success is inevitable if you maintain that unwavering faith for as long as it takes and you put forth that extraordinary effort for as long as it takes. I sh- I was hoping for a year and then I'm like, "All right, maybe it's year 2." That year I sold about 20,000 copies and I'm like, "All right, this might take me 90 years, but I'm committed." <laughs> And it took me six years. We, we surpassed 1 million copies sold in six years. And then in the last year, we've sold another 700,000 copies. Wow. Uh, And it just, and it's just, it's, it's like, it's, it's, uh, if I, if you never, if I never spoke about it again, it's just word of mouth. Now people are living it. They're doing it. They're sharing it. There's one last thing I wanted to share. And this is kind of like a, close the podcast out mic drop statement, but I'll keep, I'll keep talking as long as you guys want me to, but it really fits with what we just talked about where I said, the only variable is timing human beings. I don't know if it's human nature. I think it's more, we're conditioned by society to feel a sense of urgency to be where we want to be now. We don't want it to take a year or five years or ten years because we compare ourselves to other people and we go, "Dude, I want what they have and I want it now." Or we compare ourselves to just our goals and our vision and we're like, "Man, I, I, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be this. I want that." And, and I want it now. I want it now. Like our brain doesn't. We don't have patience of like, you know what? It might take me ten years. But here's the biggest lesson that I've learned along this journey is that when you finally get to the point in your life that you've been working for so hard for so long, when you finally get there, when you quote unquote arrive, if you will, right, whatever the goal, the dream was for you. Like for me, when I got to the million lives impacted, right. When you finally get there, you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner because the hindsight kicks in and you go, Oh, It had to take me 10 years, or it had to take me six years, or it had to, right? The journey was necessary. I had to go through all that shit. I had to suffer. I had to struggle. I had to hit those brick walls and break through them. I had to become the person that I am right now standing here on the mountaintop, and it was all part of the journey. So here's the lesson in that that you need to apply right now. Be at peace with where you are. Life's not about where you want to go. It's about where you are right freaking now. That's all that matters and it's all that ever will matter. When you finally get to the mountaintop, if you don't learn how to love your life every moment of every day, you're not going to love it then. You're going to be like celebrities that turn to drugs, alcohol, or suicide because they thought that the promised land, they thought that their happiness was waiting in the dream of being a famous actor, a famous actress, whatever the goal, that's not it. You've got to love the life you have while you create the life of your dreams. And when you finally get there, You'll realize the timing was perfect. So embrace that perspective now. Be at peace with where you are, but maintain a healthy sense of urgency every day to wake up and do at least one thing that moves you in the direction of your grandest vision for your life. Wow. On that
0: I what I really love about that, how be at peace with where you are, it's, it's such a simple sentence, right? But for some reason, well, I mean, there isn't for some reason. Today, it's so hard for people to just focus on themselves and be happy with where they're at because they're distracted by so many images of how other people seem to be living their lives, right? There's a lot of perception out there. Unfortunately, social media has done that to us. Yeah, And, 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 and even I go through this stuff and Jeff and, and Tristan, who couldn't be with us today, goes through this stuff. You know, it's so hard to be at peace sometimes because you always feel like you should be doing more or you're not as good as the other person. Or, or for me, like I didn't go to college till I was 25. You know, I didn't really start my career in real estate till I was 28. And so I always felt like I was falling behind, but then I finally just started to realize, wait a minute, I got a great life. I have an amazing wife. I have two beautiful, smart, healthy kids. I own a home. I love my career. And like I like where I am, but it took a long time to get there. And I think it takes a lot of people a long time to get there. But I just love that sentence. And so my biggest takeaway is, today are your four steps to truthful affirmations because you're right. So many people say affirmations, so they feel better about themselves, but there's no action behind any of those affirmations. So I wrote all of those down and that was a great help. Jeff, I don't know about you, but I feel I just got a free coaching session from Hal Elra for the last week. Well, oh, I'm going gonna, gonna,
2: to no, bill you guys for that shit. One hundred percent,
1: Dude, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this because I've been affirming to her for years that I'm a porn star and <laughs> I don't want her to <laughs> think this
2: otherwise. No, you need to confirm that you are committed to becoming a porn star.
0: (laughs) Yes, be committed, Jeff. And listen, be at peace with where you are now, and one day it will happen. (laughs) That's right. So listen, we're excited for you and your new book. Everyone go to Amazon and and, and buy the book. Do Hal a favor. He needs you to buy the book. Get the book. Get the book. The Miracle Equation just go get the book. It was like $16 on Amazon. It's like, come on. You know what yeah. I mean? $16 of invaluable content. I appreciate you being here. Jeff, did you want to add anything? Yeah, before Hal, we... where,
1: what's the best way that people can find you, get a hold of you? Where's the best places to do that?
2: Yeah. So go to miraclemorning.com is, I mean, I've got my, I've got halelrod.com, but here's what I would encourage anybody to do. Like if I'm, if I'm thinking of not just the best way to get in touch with me, but the best way to enrich your life in kind of that process. Um, when the book Miracle Morning came out, I, I founded a Facebook group with no idea. It was a buddy's suggestion. He's like, hey, dude, people are gonna be up like early by themselves. The rest of the family's asleep. Their friends are asleep. You need a community where people can like go and connect and share ideas and affirmations and smoothie recipes and whatever. And so <laughs> I, I, I launched the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. And, and it was like me and him and my mom and dad and my, you know what I mean? Like it was no thing. And, but I put a, an invitation in the book Hey, join the community and you can support each other. There are now 215,000 people in that Facebook group and we don't run Facebook ads. That's organically people inviting their friends or reading the book. But it's become one of the most supportive, engaged, loving online communities that I have ever seen in my life. So I would encourage you to go to miraclemorning.com, scroll down to the bottom. It'll say, join the community, click on that. Um, And I just, it's just, it's a beautiful place where humanity is at its finest.
0: I love that. I love, I love you know. It's interesting. I mean, so much of the of the internet is is negative, and I go to yeah. that Facebook group, and everybody is just so kind. I wish some of our members in Lab Code Agents would take some advice <laughs> from your. From your, or from your, but agents are just angry people. How they're angry people. They need the Miracle Morning. They That's need to right. be yeah, um It, it I is love- a great. It is a great spot, and it's very positive, and we we enjoy we enjoy going in there. Um, Hal, thanks so much for joining us. We know you're a busy guy. You're working on your third book, Miracle Life, and uh, when that comes out, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll talk to you again. We'll talk to you again.
2: You got it, brother. Hey, Jeff and Nick, thank you so much, and everybody that tuned in and listened. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you got some value, and hope to see you in the Miracle Morning community. Yeah, and if Thanks, you love,
1: buddy. if you love what you hear, remember, share it, comment, like. Please let this be known. Let it be. Let it get out because I'm committed to a million downloads of this podcast. There so we, there's only one way to get there.
0: There you go. Seven years. It'll take seven years. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Thanks.
2: Thanks this episode is brought to you by Street text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at StreetText.com. Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.